With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Empire. Deal back to Hachimura. Um, first off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It was more just shocking to hear from him and understanding that he gets the most assist from me and the most spoon-fed baskets ever. You know, the culture is actually damn good. To sit up there and to say you don't have a culture problem in the nation's capital, everything about the organization points to a culture issue. When a guy took a in another guy's shoe. I'm a little pissed off about it, but I know how I am. I was kind of expecting it. It's disrespectful. It was like Eric Killmonger going for total domination. What up is my? We're not going to be fucking sunk this year. We're the Stanley Cup champions. Yeah! This podcast is all over social media. So follow us on Twitter at Beltway Bro Pod, Instagram at Beltway underscore sports underscore bros underscore podcast. Also the Facebook group, just search Beltway Sports Bros Podcast. And you can also find us at BeltwaySportsBros.com. There's a podcast player right on the front page. If someone you know doesn't want to or know how to download a podcast app or even knows what a podcast is, just tell them to go to the website and hit play. Simple as that. Thank you for joining us today. We are the Beltway Sports Bros. I'm Matt Vizana, and as always, my brother, Noel. Noel, how's everything? Good to see you again. Yeah, it's good. It's good. TGIF, man. It's good to yeah. go. Yeah. Taking any time off next week or... No. Yeah, right. <laughs> I do the answer to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I did take off on uh, on Wednesday. It was my wife and I's anniversary. It was nice. So we had a little day mm. out. Little day out. Mm, congratulations. Get social distancing involved, all the whole deal. But um, we did have a nice time together. So I want to give a shout out to Lindsay and uh, dealing with me. Oh, yeah, all over these years. I mean, you know how to deal with me, and, and she's learning. No, I don't know how to deal with you. It's no picnic. <laughs> I promise you that. Yeah, well, well, congratulations on the anniversary. Thanks. Yeah, and today, or yesterday, I should say, was Andrew's fourth birthday, my youngest son. They're growing up so fast. Four years old. I, I swear to God, it, it feels like he should be 40 years old, but... <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, who's aged faster since Andrew's been around? You or him? Oh, no doubt. It's me. <laughs> I, I'm unrecognizable. Yeah, you can put some He's, gray hairs on your head. That's for sure. No kidding. Yeah, and good news. Oh, good news. Yes. <laughs> good news. Everyone, it's back. The top five rejuvenated from the ashes, the Phoenix. We thought it was about time to bring her back, and um, we think it's a good one this time, so... You know, hold tight. We will be talking about that and uh, going over some good stuff. Pretty controversial topics. It is. It is. I will we say. might get banned. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll we'll see about that. But first, uh, let's start with a preview of the Week 15 matchup between the nine and four Seattle Seahawks traveling to beautiful Landover, Maryland, to play the five and seven Washington football team. So the game is on Sunday at 1 p.m. We'll be on Fox, and the Seahawks are five-point favorites. Actually, has gone up two points in the last couple of days. So should that say something about Alex Smith's yeah, health? I don't, I don't know. know. We shall see. But fun fact, or sad, whichever way you want to look at it, 
if Washington wins this week, this will be their first five-game winning streak since. Do you know? No clue. Too long. 2012. Wow. Yeah. You know how that one ended. (laughs) (laughs) Ironically. Here's another one for you. Washington hasn't beaten Seattle at home since. Do you know? No, I don't. You're stumping me here. 2005. Is that Hasselback time? Hassel, yeah, that, that was some dark times, 2005. Yeah. I, it's been a long time, we'll put it that way, but 15 solid years since they've beaten Seattle at home, and we know of the soul-crushing playoff losses that have happened at FedEx Field to these same Seattle Seahawks over the years. Yeah. Hey, fortunes could be there and it could happen again. This could be a playoff preview, <laughs> man. Could be. Last week, Seattle crushed the Jets 40-3 to at home. And Washington won their fourth straight, beating the 49ers 23-15. to So, as far as injuries go, got some tricky ones here. But for Washington, Alex Smith hasn't practiced all week. But Rivera said he doesn't need to practice to play. And Alex said that the calf strain isn't related to his bionic leg. So, I don't know how that's possible. But it looks like he's going to play. At least give it a shot. So, what is it exactly? It is the calf strain? Yeah, it's a mild calf strain, they're calling it. Okay. I don't know. Completely unrelated. To the leg that should have was possibly amputated. Could have potentially been amputated. <laughs> okay. That's fine. I mean, it's okay if it is related. Like, I would be like, damn, I'm surprised it didn't happen weeks ago. So, I was thinking about this earlier. Is this like um, Awakenings type of scenario? You know, like when... <laughs> If anybody gets that reference, what a sad movie. If you've never oh seen God. it, that'll make a grown man if you, cry. If you were close to suicide, do not watch that fucking movie. <laughs> There's many that are in our current situation that are close. So please, <laughs> yeah, let's let's yeah. take that off the table right yeah, now yeah. until there's happier times yeah, in the world. Do not watch Awakenings. I mean, yeah, it is. <laughs> it, oh, man, it's a tearjerker. I, I watched that movie. uh Gosh, it's been years, but anytime I just see it flipped on, I'm like, I can't do this right now. But my point is, you had the four games or whatever it's been, and and Alex, man, what a comeback story. And then it's the leg. That medicine's wearing off. They're starting. Yeah, the medicine's (laughs) wearing Two weeks ago, they were dancing on the beach. (laughs) Now, all of a sudden, they're sitting there, and they can't slurp up their own drool. (laughs) Right. And it could be something like that. I mean, maybe his leg... It shouldn't be overworked this way. I don't know. I'm concerned about it. I hope I'm, it's not an Awakenings type of situation. If you haven't seen the movie, Google it. Robert De Niro. Uh, who else? Is Robin Williams. Robin Williams. Is the thank you. Yeah. What are, amazing performances. Even yeah. um, Marge Simpson is in that, if you remember. Oh, yeah. Marge. Oh, yeah, Marge. Yeah, I couldn't tell you her name if my life depended on But yeah, going to the leg, I'm just thinking it's just some wear and tear on it. Like I said, I'm not surprised that this would happen, that there'd be strain on it. Hopefully it's nothing and um, he's okay, but it was just a matter of time when he would feel something in it. Damn, unless it's just that bionic that there is no feeling at all. Well, there has to be because he was in pain, so there's right. obviously some nerve endings is left it like over a, there. Is it like when they say when you have people that have an amputation, they can still feel the limb? <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't strain your amputation. <laughs> Who knows? The brain works weird, man. You're right. Well, so there's that. And um, a huge loss here. Noel's favorite safety, DeShazer Everett, has been placed on IR with a pec injury. So he's eligible to come back in three weeks, but that'll be playoff time if we're lucky enough to be there. As expected, running back Antonio Gibson hasn't practiced all week and is doubtful. He's technically questionable, but I'm saying doubtful with that turf toe. 
Also, it doesn't look good for linebacker Kevin Pierre-Louis or KPL, as the cool guys call him. JP, he makes sure to go that route. Well, I mean, he uses initials, so he has to give them to everybody. It's Everyone. What, it's what they do. Mm-hmm. That's right. And uh, he hasn't practiced all week due to an ankle injury. Not looking good for him. Running back Peyton Barber has been limited all week in practice. Uh, So the team signed former running back Lamar Miller off the Bears practice squad. Miller wasn't in the league last year because he was coming off a torn ACL. But the five years prior, he had 2,000-yard rushing seasons, 2018. The year he played the whole year, 973 yards rushing for the Texans. So he's been like a a 4.5-yard average guy. Kind of surprised he was out there. Saved my fantasy team a couple years ago, I'll tell you. And I had him on there, and he he was a workhorse for me for about five weeks. I'm telling you, man, got me in the playoffs. I was surprised. But I mean, he's been very consistent the last five years. He was starting years. to show a little bit of wear. And, and almost 1,000 um, yards in Teams these days are scared off by a blown-out knee and a running back. They are so quick to pull the trigger on running backs as far as getting rid of them or just calling it a day. I'm not surprised by it. Unless you are talking about top five upper echelon guy where you're worth the time. They'll drop you like a bad habit in this league these days, and it's a shame because there's some good running backs out there that aren't getting time. With all that being said, I I think it's a good pickup, late in the season at least. Um, Hopefully, he can still play, but he won't be eligible this week because of the NFL COVID protocols. So They still have that? Apparently. Oh, okay. Good. Good for them. Yeah, they got to take six days. At least one organization has it. Well, yeah, it's Washington's COVID protocol, not actually the NFL. They have. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Dan Snyder put these in place, Noel. Oh, oh, there he is. (laughs) As for Seattle, they actually have quite a few injuries, but Travis Homer, running back, didn't practice all week. Carlos Dunlap, defensive end, didn't practice all week. Jamarco Jones and Brandon Shell, both tackles. And Demarlis, Demarlis Randall, strong safety, didn't practice. So there's five guys right there. Um, You know, see how that goes. But all right, well, let's get started as we tend to do with the Washington offense versus Seattle defense. You go and get started there. Well, I mean, pretty self-explanatory. They have to get better than they did last week. Otherwise, this is going to be a long game. They're not going to be going against Mullins on the other side of the ball. So they're probably going to – the defense is going to struggle a little bit more than they did against San Francisco. So this offense has to produce something. Now, there's one concern. Seattle is very good against the run, Mm -hmm. but they're not very good against the pass. I mean, I think they're dead last in yardage against the pass. They're um, about fourth against the run. So this might have to be a pass-heavy game, which the timing couldn't be worse. (laughs) you got Alex Smith, who's questionable, that hasn't practiced all week. Haskins, who the hell knows? And this could be a game where they're going to have to come out hot and come out passing. And this defense, they don't get to the quarterback very often. They showed life against the Jets. Um, but yeah, everybody does. If you can't show life against the Jets, who the fuck can you show life against? Right. But they're going to have to pass against this team. There's no other way around it. And that's concerning. I think they can be successful with McKissick's out of the backfield. They don't have to have Gibson in this game. If they can stick to the game plan with McKissick, with Barber, maybe out of the backfield, using them that way as the running game. But it's going to be a hard road for this offensive line to be able to set up for the run. Well, with all that being said, I think that they still need to try. Um, we've said this time and time again. McKissick last week against you know a very good defense had 11 rushes for 68 yards and averaged over six yards a carry. They need to stick with it and sprinkle that in because you can't 
depend on Alex Smith. You don't know how healthy he's going to be. Haskins, maybe he'll be better with a full week of practice with the ones, and that's what he's been doing. He's done some things, Haskins, I mean, and, and actually been able to stretch the field a little bit, at least last year. So maybe he's getting more comfortable with the offense and getting thrown in there. We've seen Haskins get thrown into games, and he does not play well, ever. I mean, right. he, horrible, actually. But when he actually preps for the first team, he looks a lot better. He's a young quarterback. I mean, that's kind of par for the course. So I think going this route with having him practice with the first team and not having Alex practice, you know, it could work better in that way. Uh, Well, I completely agree with you as far as the Haskins thing to a certain extent, but we're deep into the season now, right? He's had time to sit down and do what they said that they wanted him to do. Watch a veteran, learn the offense, Come out there when when your number's called, go out there and perform. And initially it looked that way. He looked somewhat comfortable. But it wasn't him making bad reads and things like that. It was bad throws. Again, we're not talking about him getting comfortable. He hasn't played with these receivers or he's playing with the scout team, whatever the hell he's doing at practice. He was making bad throws and his form was horrible. His footwork was bad. There were a lot of things. And I'm a defender of Haskins. I really am. I think he deserved the opportunity and I fought for him. But not just taking away him coming in cold. He actually came in initially looking pretty good. And I think that Scott Turner set him up pretty nicely for success initially and throughout the game. I just think he was making bad throws and bad mechanics, man. And that's really concerning. He always seems to fall back and do his shitty mechanics when things go bad. And um, right. until he gets that fixed, he's always going to be inconsistent. But with that being said... When he has practiced with the starting unit, he's looked significantly better than jumping in and just going strictly off of history. So hopefully that's the case with this. But, you know, like Washington, Seattle keeps the majority of its games close. The only real blowout came, what, last week against the Jets who were fucking terrible. You mentioned about that Seattle is dead last in in giving up passing yards. They were giving up like 350 yards a game first half of the season, but they have actually gotten significantly better. They have. About like the last four or five weeks. So that number's a little bit skewed. Well, if they're still going to be successful, I'm saying that's the vulnerability. They've been consistently good against the run. They're one of the only teams in the league that keeps teams under 100 yards rushing. They keep them under average. I think they're like 3.8 yards a carry, which has been definitely consistently good against the run where good teams don't even run against them. Okay, and they've got a lot of run-heavy teams in their division. Yeah. So it's one of those things where you know they're going to stop the run. The passing is where it's going to have to be, and I agree. Stick to the run a little bit. Feel it out. Don't give up on it too fast. But I think they can find avenues to get those running yards in different ways with the style of passing that they do to their running backs. And they might have to get a little gimmicky, Matt. I want to see Sims maybe run a couple of plays out of the backfield and things like that. Do some things to create runs and not just blast and see what happens. That's all. Well, one thing that Turner does is he has been known to throw in some gimmicks and, you know, a lot yeah. a lot of movement. And he's pretty imaginative when it comes to the offense compared to other people. But my problem is he seems to pick the worst times to throw those plays in. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, do it in the process. Do it in the, um, in the momentum of the game. Yeah, he does it like when that's they're all. rolling, and then he throws in some stupid right. play that puts him back 10 yards right. if it doesn't work. And right. pick your spots there, buddy. But Washington, bottom line is they put up 22 points a game. And I know that they've put more since Alex Smith has been in there. And since Alex Smith has been the starter, they've been putting up like 27 points a game or whatever, top 10 in yardage and things like that. But I just don't know 
how the hell Washington's offense can keep up with Seattle, Seattle's offense. Right. And that's what I'm concerned about. Again, you don't know what's going on with Alex Smith. Haskins, you can't expect him to come out like gangbusters. The last two weeks, the teams have taken away Terry McLaurin. I don't think that Seattle's cornerbacks can really stop him, but so you're going to have a lot of focus even more so on McLaurin and make the other guys beat you. Seattle is actually really good, surprisingly enough, at covering tight ends. They're one of the better teams in the league in covering tight ends, so Logan Thomas might have some issues there. But bottom line is this. You don't have Gibson. That's fine. You got Barber, who's a little hurt. You got McKissick. He ran the ball last week against a very good defense. You got to stick to it. You got to see what happens. You can't abandon it. And you got to be able to push the ball down the field against these cornerbacks. Lesser teams have done it than, than Washington, and they got to try. If they throw a pick or two, whatever, they just got to stretch the field and see what happens. I don't know about a pick or two or whatever. I mean, we've been talking for weeks about that they can't turn the ball over. Now you're like pick or two or whatever. They have to be able to produce offense, get first downs, and get out of the defense's way and hope that they can contain Wilson and that offense and keep him to a manageable score. No, but I don't think that that's the kind of game. This is the kind of game that you can just let the defense do their thing and get out of the way because they got to score points. Well, so Matt, you can't have it both ways, man. You're telling them to run the ball and then either way throw the ball downfield. Which one do you want them to do? Then they might as well throw the ball 50 times. No, I'm saying run the ball. What are you talking about? No. I'm saying run the ball. <laughs> run the ball, manage the clock, but throw the ball down the field. You throw If you throw a pick, who cares? You throw a pick down the field. What are you talking if about? If you throw a pick down the field, that's like a punt. And that's fine. Oh, I see. You just want them to throw bombs. Uh, I Not got the it. entire okay. game. They need to stretch the field. and Just dinking and dunking the entire let's game move, is going to work. Let's move on. All right. Washington's defense oh. versus Seattle's offense. To win this game, Washington's defense needs to control <laughs> Russell Wilson from doing Russell Wilson bullshit. Bottom line. He's going to run around like a chicken with his head cut off. The front seven needs to stay disciplined. Not allow him to run around, play backyard football. I know that's so much easier said than done. But... Some good news is Wilson's been sacked 41 times this year, which is 29th or 30th in the league right now. He tends to hold on to the ball far too long, which is a benefit and a negative for him all at the same time. I mean, he's been known to lose 30 yards on a sack from time to time. So obviously, that's that's our biggest asset is the ability to rush the quarterback. Again, they're not playing Mullins. They need to keep him at bay somehow so he doesn't run for those 30 or 40 yards as well or just toss it up to Metcalf because he's been back there for 15 seconds. Seattle's offense scores 30 points a game. And that's what I was saying in my last. The offense cannot just get out of the way and let the defense do their thing because they will get scored on in this game one way or the other. We've talked about it numerous times. The secondary is overrated strictly because the defensive line is a beast. And with the way that Russell Wilson runs around, I don't foresee them being able to completely shut him down. So they're going to have to put some points on the board. And they need to stop DK Metcalf. That's their biggest weapon. The Giants seem to do fine defensively against them. That's true. It's obvious that it can be done. It's not like this is freaking Kansas City here. Yeah, they're going to have issues. Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson. And he runs around like a crazy person sometimes, which Washington has shown they've had issues with mobile quarterbacks. Right. But this offense can be shut down. You just have to manage it. Russell Wilson is going to get his passing yards in. He's going to produce. The concerning part for me is they're actually starting to run the ball. They've got a nice combo with Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde. They use them nicely. Wilson combination with them opens things up for them because they're worried about him running the ball too. But this offense has shown lulls. They're kind of a, they're a very streaky offense. Okay, they can go three and out very quickly. And then all of a sudden, they can put up good drives right away. 
So if they can manage it, keep the score low. I'm not talking about keep it in the single digits. I'm talking about if they can keep this game in the 20s, I think Washington has a, has a puncher's chance in this. And I think this defense can get to them. I think they're playing with serious confidence, but they cannot give up the combination of Wilson and the run. If you're going to lose the game, like they say in basketball, let the fucking bench guy hit the three to win the game. Don't let the star hit the shot. I'll tip my cap to the fucking loser off the bench that bombs the three to hit a buzzer shot. Right. But you don't want Jordan hitting it. So let let Russell Wilson run around like a crazy man. Let him make those miraculous throws and jump balls to Metcalf all over the place if they got to do it. But don't let the other role players on this beat you. This offensive line is dog shit. They are crap. They'll be able to get to him. It's just a matter of bringing him down, which is easier said than done. He's an MVP candidate. He's going to do his shit. But to your point saying, you know, they're going to have to keep up. They're not going to keep up with this offense, Matt. This is all going to be predicated on what the defense can do against this offense. If they get in the red zone, let them have three points. Those are the type of opportunities that they're going to have to make sure happen. Don't let them in the end zone when you get close in and things like that. And keep the game manageable. If they can keep it close, then you have a chance. Well, luckily, Seattle, like I said before, they keep everything close themselves because they tend to right. shoot themselves in the foot from time to time. And and Russell Wilson is kind of feast or famine. I mean, he's got 36 touchdowns this year, which is actually more than he's ever had with three games left to go. So he's, he's scary. But if they can keep him at bay, kind of make sure they've got a little bubble around him and keep their hands up as well because I don't yeah. I don't know how often they'll be able to get to him but he's so goddamn shifty and I think the same strategy needs to go into what they did against Pittsburgh. You bring that four man front and everybody else is playing in their areas. Yeah. Okay, because they are going to be able to get pressure with just the four man front. They need to go with the same strategy that they did against the Steelers. Let your four men do the dirty work up front. Don't deal with this extracurricular bullshit at the line. Let them do their business, linebackers and D-backs. Know your roles, keep the shit in front of you, and go from there. I think that's going to be the way they have to go into it. Well, we'll see. Ain't going to be easy. All right, let's go to predictions. You want to go first? You want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. All right, I'll go first. You've been on a little bit of a a downward spiral here recently, so I'll I'll let you do your thing. You know, well, here's the difficulty of this. You're on a four-game winning streak, right? I've been wrong Mm -hmm. a lot lately. And one of the things that I'm wrong with is before we did this show, I never predicted games or I never said Washington's going to win this. Why? Because it's a jinx. Right, We never said, oh, this game's done or anything like that. So I feel like if I predict Washington's going to win, it's pretty much guaranteed a loss. (laughs) That's just the aura that I give off. Mm. But I feel it's going to change this week. You do. So I'm going to go with Washington winning the game 24 to 20. 24 to 20. That's my score. 24 to 20. I think it's going to be a little bit of more of a slugfest like we saw in the San Francisco game. I think that Washington's defense sees blood in the water these days, and I think they're getting their shit together. Like I said, they're going to go into that strategy knowing that their four-man front is good enough to take on any offensive line out there, especially this one. And I think that that's where they're going to win this game is right there. And Russell Wilson, you're right, is going to be running like a chicken with his head cut off, and I believe he's going to be running for his life. Wow. Usually I go second because, you know, I say that Washington's going to win, but not going to happen this week. Hmm. Washington's been on a roll. 
But like I was saying before, I just don't think they have enough offense to keep up with this team. Even if Alex Smith is fully healthy, I don't see how they're going to be able to score enough points. National media is all over Washington right now. They've got the fiercest defensive line, this and that. But they haven't played a quarterback like Russell Wilson in quite some time. The only one is really Kyler Murray, and they they got pissed on. And I understand they've gotten better and understand their assignments more and all that on the defense. But you just can't depend on this defense to serve up 17 points on a silver platter again this week. And I think that Washington's offense is better than they showed last week, but they're not Seattle. They're not even close. Um, So I think Seattle wins 27-17. It hurts me to say it, but I'm going (laughs) to... Good to go that route. That seems like a decent score, too. It's not unrealistic. It's just, uh, I'm taking a shot in the dark here. All right. And they've proven a lot of what I've said wrong as far as my predictions before. So, fuck it, man. I'm going to give it a shot. Well, see what now happens. Now we're fucked for sure. Thanks, Noel. <laughs> so. <laughs> It's almost that time when you put your name in a grid and hope that your box hits the final score, but you don't have to wait until February to start winning. With boxes, you can play box pools every day for every game. Boxes is completely free to play, and you can win big. Washington football fans who download the app from the App Store or go to boxes.com, that's B-O-X-I-Z.com, and use our code BROS20 to get free bonus boxes where you can win cash and prizes. We'll have new games every week and incredible prizes in the playoffs. And for the big game, that will include tickets to next year when fans can finally return in 2021. So go to boxes.com for more info or download the app now. B-O-X-I-Z. Use the code BROS20 when you sign up and when you enter our contest. It's free for you and your friends to get in and win. Boxes. It's anyone's game. All right. So let's move on to the top five. Top five. We're back, baby. So Christmas is next week, of course. And uh, we thought we'd do something kind of non-sports related for a change. On this top five, today we will be running down our top five most overrated Christmas movies. Very controversial. It is. People take these Christmas movies very seriously. They do. They wait all year for them, man, and then they start watching them 15 times. See them all on TV all day, and they're like, oh my God, that's on. It's on again. Like, I come in and I see freaking Christmas Vacation on and all these movies on. You're like, Christmas Vacation. Again. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I, I wanted to clarify exactly what we're talking about here. We're not talking about bad movies, right? These aren't right. movies that we necessarily hate, okay? These are movies that people get a hard-on for, for whatever reason, because it's Christmas, and honestly, you're just kind of kind of okay, but for some reason, feel obligated to defend them because it's like blasphemy to say otherwise. I don't really know, but nostalgia, nostalgia whatever sure. it is. And, and, you know, you just continue to watch these blindly watch these movies. And because you see that Christmas tree in the background, you're like, oh, yeah, it's I, like a religious I, experience in Christmas, you know, yeah, because Christmas right. is supposed to be a, a religious experience. Right. Yeah. People just tend to want to watch these movies because they have a Christmas tree there and they feel obligated to, but they know when they're watching it, they're like, eh, it's not really that good. And and you know what yeah, I'm talking yeah. about, people who are listening. <laughs> you know these movies are not that good. So we're going to start. All right. <laughs> it's okay. It's a guilty pleasure for some people. Yeah, but- There's worse things. No, no, there are worse things, but you don't have to love a movie just because they yeah, slap Christmas on. You don't have to defend it. it is the issue. Yeah. Like, how dare you? That's what pisses me off. Yeah. Is that part of it? Look, if you want to watch a stupid fucking movie, go ahead. Mazel tov. Yeah. Watch the hell out of it. But when I say the movie's not good or it ain't all that, don't look at me like I have two heads. Yeah. 
that's where I have the problem. And, and I, I like Christmas just like anybody else, but I don't need to right. love a movie just because Christmas is slapped on the damn title. Sure, sure. You know? Right. Anyway, so again, it is a little bit controversial. Let's get this going. <laughs> All right. So what's your number five, Noel? Well, I wanted to start off with an honorable mention first before we get into the top five. Honorable? Well, we didn't talk about this. This is a spur of the moment top five, right? That's how we do it. So might as well throw it yeah. in. Right. The Grinch franchise. So overrated. Okay. The Dr. Seuss one is fine. We've all watched it. The, Hell, the animated Our one. parents. Yeah, yeah. The old Dr. Seuss old animated mm-hmm. one. You're a mean one. <laughs> crap. Yeah. Got it. That one is okay. It's good. I can deal with that one just because of the nostalgia aspect of it. Hell, our our parents were kids when that one came out, mm-hmm. probably. But now you got the Grinch with Jim Carrey. You got the cartoon one. They all suck. The Who's from Whoville. They come out with these two-hour movies. 30 minutes of an asshole that doesn't like Christmas is good enough. You don't have to create a two-hour plot yeah. from a little book. And then they, they've got, you got to see what the Whoville people uh, what their yeah. aspect is of it. So yeah. build up characters on that side and, you know, the mayor and the bullshit. They played one page in a book. Now, all of a sudden, you have to create this backstory on a person that nobody even knew who the fuck they were. They were inanimate objects in the book. They were just shit <laughs> right. that you were stealing Christmas from. Yeah. <laughs> right. All right. Well, you know, I actually, so funny enough, I just watched the, the, for the first time, well, I fell asleep, by the way, but I was... Uh, <laughs> that good, It was huh? that good. It was, it was riveting. <laughs> but we were all sitting on the couch... And watching the newest one, whatever that one was, like the DreamWorks. The cartoon one? Uh, the, yeah, the computer animated one. Yeah, uh, yet another one. Uh, they got a moose in there for some reason. I don't e- I don't know what he was all about. Cool. It was like a fat moose. I was like, or a reindeer. I guess he was, a, I don't know. I fell asleep and I don't know what the hell happened and it sucked. Yeah, because it's like the 18th one that they've made about Grinch shit. You know the story at this point. It's like trying to battle with A Christmas Carol for the most versions. <laughs> I mean, get over it. Scrooge dominates you, okay? Anyway, let's go. Let's move on. I want to put out a uh, honorable mention. All right, go ahead. Scrooged. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> no, I love that movie. How dare you? <laughs> I would never say such a thing. That's blasphemy. Uh, yeah, that is. <laughs> All right, what's your number five? So my number five is A Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay. I've seen this movie probably one and a half times in my life sucks mm. totally overrated now we're talking about overrated i personally think that this movie sucks okay i don't like it first off tim burton is probably all this weird shit we get it dude we get it you're into weird crap you wear black so, and, and you're you're creepy yeah yeah you wear, <laughs> we get it you're emo or whatever the hell he they was call emo before emo days. was cool yeah emo was cool yeah yeah <laughs> Still living off Batman, yeah, right? You know, and Beetlejuice and shit. <laughs> uh, Beetlejuice so, is great, but go ahead. I don't know if Johnny Depp was in this one or not. <laughs> I'm but, sure he was or played somewhere. a voice. He's <laughs> so the premise of the movie, if nobody knows, I'll give a little backstory. It's about this fucking skeleton, Jack Skellington or something. Skeletor. And, <laughs> <laughs> and he's from Halloween Town, mm. and he's sick of scaring people, so he goes to Christmas Town and wants to bring a little Christmas into Halloween Town, and that's the premise. But it's just, everybody's weird. The kids look like, everybody looks like a serial killer in the movie or something out of Halloween, out of literally the Halloween movie or, or some weird oh, uh, Saw movie. He's a Halloween guy, so it makes sense. Look, 
He sucks. All of his movies suck. I've never actually seen this movie, so... Well, it's garbage. I wish I could add. But, you know, I do see a lot of people that still love this movie, and I, I've, I'm not going to waste an hour and a half of my life on this, so... That's all People I can get. People get tattoos you. and crap of that stupid skeleton on him. It's like this cult following of Tim Burton shit. We get it. He's different. The animation's cool. It's claymation or stop action, whatever the hell it is. But it sucks. And it's all over the place. They do them. It's everywhere. You turn on the TV. It's somewhere. So way overrated. Well, this one's going to be hugely controversial. All right. You're not going to believe this one. But my number five is... National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Get the fuck out of here, man. You're done. I just watched this a few days ago. Yeah, it's on all day, yeah, basically. It's not good. It's okay. Yeah, it's, I guess, a little bit more edgy than most Christmas movies, but I laughed maybe three times. <laughs> that's the right. That's your, that's your barometer is that it has to, it's edgy. No, that's what I think people what? like it is because they think it's like yeah. an edgier version of a Christmas movie. It's not very good. I just I laughed maybe three or four times. I love the scene where you know he puts the spray on the uh, on the sled, but then it gets stupid. It's it's so cartoonish, and it's like the one when events when everybody wants to leave. That's a beast. Yes, I'm not saying that is one of the greatest rants of all time in a movie. Guess I feel like you have to force yourself to laugh at that movie because you feel obligated to. It's really it's really not that funny. No, I admit that there's some parts that are that are weak. I'll acknowledge that. The majority is. But to is. put it as an overrated movie, the movie's a beast. Okay, you're you're done. Hell, you put the damn turkey on our Twitter account. I did. Hey, look, again, we're, we're not saying I don't like the movie. I'm saying it's okay. overrated. All right. That's all I'm saying. I, I just... That one, people, I take offense to. I'm not accepting it. It's unbelievable. I'm it's not going to go through the movie like you did with Skellington or whatever, but <laughs> well, every, <a> lot of <laughs> everybody, everybody knows what Christmas Vacation is. Yeah. Uh, my point is you don't need to like it just because it's Christmas vacation. Okay. It's okay to admit that it's not as good as everybody makes it out to be. That's all I'm saying. Because it's not. I don't think it's the greatest movie I've ever seen, but it is good. We'll leave it at that. All, right. all I can say is when you have those scenes, like I said, he's going in for the rants and he's doing the lights. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> when he's doing... <laughs> it's, it's great. It's great shit. All right, back to that real quick. You know what really pisses me off is when cousin Eddie kidnaps the, the boss. And it's like, you know what? You're right. I did screw up. And then the wife, and it's just like, it, the guy would go to jail for the rest of his fucking life. The Jelly of the Month Club? <laughs> this is so Beast. stupid. I don't know. All right. Anyway, moving on. What's your number four? My number four is Frosty the Snowman. Nah, I agree with that. Sucks. Yes. Okay. It is dumb. The animation's garbage. The kids are annoying. That bad guy that's like a poor man's count or whatever the hell he's supposed to be that wants the ca the hat it's like that it's that I mean, shitty it's, 70s uh, animation like oh, you know like it's so bad what, what was it like on the on the simpsons where um i'm an amendment to the yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah the amendment yeah the amendment yeah. sitting on the on the capitol hill steps yeah yeah on the capitol building <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah no it's, it's th those those were good because they only lasted about a minute it, during saturday morning cartoons right but it's the same kind of animation like that yeah, shit yeah, ani same like animation 70s crap shit. and it's what a dark time yeah in animation i mean even in like Disney and stuff. That was just a dark time period for animated, for cartoons and things like that. It was just, they didn't know what to do. Yeah. It was just all over the place. Frosty was annoying. The only part of the movie that was halfway decent is because they did the damn song. That was it. Beyond that, 
garbage. That stupid rabbit. And, uh. and then when he melted, that was sad. But uh, oh, it was uh, uh, so touching. Alert. And then like in the uh, yeah, spoiler alert. Yeah, he melts, and then they put the hat back on, and he's he's fine again. And then he lives with Santa or some shit. Pure commercial smash and grab. Yeah. Um, cartoon. Sucked. That's a perfect example of you feel obligated to like it because it's been around forever and it's old. Yeah. And it's on CBS at the same time yeah. every year. You know, you know when it's going to be on. Like that show, get your cocoa out, everyone. Mm. Frosty's on. But then you watch, you. you're like, mm. yeah. In that same vein, my number four is Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. These are pure reaction ones now. Nope. We're going Christmas Vacation. Now we're going Rudolph. Okay, you want to fuck with Christmas <laughs> Vacation? That's fine. But now you're going to fuck with my Rudolph? No damn way. Okay. I'm. I'm. This is. I'm done. All right. You want, should we stop? <laughs> no. It, it's the same shit as Frosty. No, it's not. It, it, okay. Can I? Can I talk? Okay, it's, go this ahead. is my I'm number sorry. four. I'm, this one's getting me a little, little fired up. It's boring. It's lame as fuck. Wow. Just because it's old doesn't mean it's good. Same as Frosty. Wow. Santa's a total asshole in this movie. Total asshole. I, I, I agree with that. That doesn't mean it's bad. No, I, I'm just ahead. saying, just in general. Beast in it. Such a dick. They treat Rudolph like total shit, and then he has to go back because they can use him for something, and now all of a sudden, okay. Wh- so awesome. What do you learn from this? Basically, if you if you can give something to assholes the, that assist them in some way, you'll be accepted. The millennials are trying to get this shit off because it has bullying in it. Are they? Fuck I didn't you. Know that. It builds character. Yeah, no, they've tried to like make changes to it and do what you know, what are we in the cancel times cancel or whatever culture. the hell it is? Cancel culture shit about him getting bullied when they're trying to do the um uh, when Comet is is saying when he sees the red nose, he basically tells him to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Those parts. <laughs> are great hey if everyone it builds character okay bullying is sometimes okay to get your ass handed to you a couple of times now santa doing it to him that's a whole i mean you're taking it to a whole nother They're level doing it because but, the way he looks that's not okay so if somebody has like it's fine has like cross it's eyes it's okay to like beat the shit out it's of him fine. because he looks like an and idiot. the elves were assholes too they didn't like the other guy because he wanted he wanted to be a dentist <laughs> i mean completely understandable <laughs> the movies i mean come on yukon cornelius it's it's just boring and stupid i, I don't know anyway yukon cornelius well, that was your really? that was your fantasy team cornelius yukons cornelius yukons <laughs> yeah well, you don't need to watch it just because the it's the songs are a beast. Oh my god. It's got a great sa- it's got a great soundtrack to it. No. Everything's great about it. The animation is timeless. Rudolph's a beast. Even Santa being the asshole is great. The whole thing's great. Everybody continue to watch watch Rudolph. Never stop. You don't need to like it just because it's Rudolph. All right. Let's move on to number 3. What you got? Number 3. A lot of people may not have actually seen this. But no of it. Okay. So overrated. It's a wonderful life. Absolutely never seen okay? it. Okay. This is like the mecca of classic movies of Christmas time, right? It's up there with like White Christmas. Another one I've never seen. Another one you've probably never <laughs> seen. But It's a Wonderful Life, the premise is it's got Jimmy Stewart in it. You know, the sounds like a fucking dying goat. The guy that had like the telescope. Yeah, yeah. He was in the wheelchair in like the Twilight Zone episode where he saw a murder. You know, that guy. Jimmy Stewart. (laughs) He was like Probably one of the worst actors. Back then. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. 
one of the worst actors of all time. So fucking overrated. Anyway, this movie's about a dude that's in this small town and he doesn't like his life anymore. So he's thinking about committing suicide. He's sick of his kids. He's sick of his family. Yeah, I can relate to that. He's sick of it. He thinks his life has hit like he's a loan officer or something. And he's think he's one of those guys that's basically going through a midlife crisis and thinks this is what I've become. Mm -hmm. So he gets to the point where he's thinking, fuck it, better off dead. So before this happens, an angel comes down and says, this is how your life would be if you weren't in it. Just to show this asshole that doesn't want his family anymore, doesn't want to be in this world anymore, how bad or good it would be without him. So the premise is he sees all this shit without him in the world. It's not as good. He really misses his family and everything. And it gives him that uh, be happy with what you have moral. Mm. So he comes back and all of a sudden he comes back with a second will on life and loves his family and the whole thing. And that's the premise of the movie. It sucks. The guys that it's basically Ebenezer Scrooge. Yeah, except this guy, at least Scrooge knew what he was. (laughs) He was an asshole that hated everyone. This guy just didn't like his life anymore. Like a guy going through a midlife crisis. Join the club, asshole. (laughs) We all think we should have done more unless you're like either president or um, a pro athlete. But he didn't like where he was in his life. So he thought be better off dead. Mm. So they bailed him out with an angel coming down. The movie sucked. His acting sucks. Those movies in the 30s, the 40s, and the 50s, God, the acting was so over the top. Get a life. A A wonderful wonderful life. (laughs) (laughs) It sucks. Don't waste your time. Trust me, I won't. But um, anyway, my number three is Home Alone 2 Lost in New York. Finally, you're getting to something real here. I love the original Home Alone. Love it. One of the greats. (laughs) But this movie is just... A cash grab. and But the thing that pisses me off is there's a lot of people out there that actually think this one's better than the first one. And it's literally the exact same movie. You even have like the homeless woman who's like the old but man. it's in New York. Yeah, it's in <laughs> New York, right. You still have the sticky bandits or the wet bandits. I forget which one they are in this one. It's all the same shit. They changed nothing except it's in New York instead of his house. They, they exchanged the old man for the old bag with the pigeons. He learned uh, yeah, a life it's lesson. Totally, yeah. You even had to have that. It was so dumb. And they seemed like they were having fun in the first one. In this one, they were just like, get me the fuck out of here. And I can't believe people actually would say that this one is better than the first one. It's a joke. And it's an embarrassment. If you say that, uh, you get a wonderful fucking life. How about that? <laughs> Well, I'll I'll get to uh, the Home Alones. (laughs) I think that Macaulay Culkin is horrible. I think that he's good for him that he made a couple of stupid fucking movies that made him... Made his parents money. Be able to afford a drug habit or whatever the hell he was going through. But yeah, it's a dog shit movie and it was totally to make money. And uh, yeah, same, same movie, different setting. That's it. Look, I love slapstick comedy like anybody else. Stuff you don't have to think about, but it's... How many times can you watch Joe Pesci and that fucking guy with the nose? <laughs> um, <laughs> actor Erical. <laughs> freaking, freaking trip over themselves. Right. And that's the thing. Even like... Or get hit with a frying pan. <laughs> even the stunts were not as funny. It was like everybody just kind of mailed it in. And you could feel it during the movie and it was stupid it it lost its luster and how dare you ever think that it's better than the first one anyway (laughs) all right so i'll go with my number two my number two is elf talk about controversial my (laughs) my uh age bracket you know i'm a little bit younger than you Noel. 
millennials that I work with and things like that. I mean, this is the end all be all Christmas movie. And everybody loves oh everybody loves this dipshit Will Ferrell. I'm sorry. God forbid. It's like talking about Jesus Christ himself. If if I don't like those stupid shake and bake crap, you know, those stupid movies that he makes. The only movie he's ever made There's, that's good is old school and he was not the main school. character. That's it. That is it. Yes, that's it. That is it. And he sucks. He's a over actor. It's the same thing the same every shit. time with this fool. Yeah. Every time. And, I have this by the way everyone, I have Elf is number 2 as well. So I'm in complete agreement here. Even my old self <laughs> thinks Elf sucks. No, 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 but maybe it's because I'm just past my prime and all. <laughs> no, but it's 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 just not I think this is more so it's just not a good movie, but people think it is and again are are, are forcing themselves to think it's great. And they wear the stupid shirts. They wear the Christmas sweaters with him saying, like, Santa and all that bullshit with his stupid face. So if you haven't seen it, the premise of the movie is he's basically an elf, a human elf, I guess, <laughs> and taller than his elf friends. And he goes to see his dad in New York, who's uh, that. What the fuck's his name? He's, he was in a James Conn. Sonny. James Sonny. Conn. And, yeah, Sonny. And that's how I always know him from Godfather. <laughs> yeah, James Conn, Sonny, whatever. Yeah. And He's like a big wig in New York, and he's like, who the fuck is this guy? And then- um, I don't remember. Does he not realize that he's a- No. He thinks that he's an elf. He thinks he's an, he's like a giant elf. That's the most stupid thing about it. Oh, yeah, and Newhart is like his mentor or da- <laughs> adopted father in it, yeah. and like is teaching him the ways of the elf. <laughs> It's it's like it's so it's so dumb. Yeah. It's so dumb. And the antics ensue when he goes into town yeah. and he acts like an elf, but people think he's just a weirdo. I saw this one time and I was forced against my will with my ex girlfriend to go many moons ago to go into the theater. Never saw it again. She loved it. I was like, Are you fucking kidding me? That was grounds for to break up right there. I actually never spoke to her again <laughs> after that. Yeah, that's not true. Yeah. But I <laughs> But I was close. I didn't want to go because I I think Will Ferrell sucks. And I was like, and then you're going to throw him into a fucking as an elf. I mean, it was just a recipe for disaster. And and sure enough, it was. Yeah. Yeah. So no, fuck I that. totally agree. Fuck that guy. Will Ferrell, fuck him. Old school. That's it. That's the only thing that I find bearable with him. And uh, everything else, it's just, ugh. Anchorman ugh. was okay. <laughs> I even suffered through just because... This is how much I love soccer, okay? Oh, my God. He was in a movie called Kicking and Screaming. And I'm like, my God, I hate Will Ferrell, but it's a soccer movie. So I'm going to sit here and watch it. And I think Robert Duvall was his, his like, asshole dad in it. Yeah, I never what saw it. What a that. horrible movie same shit him acting like tripping over his own two feet acting like a crazy person at times yeah it's just like always oblivious to what's going on uh yeah shut up will if i bring up that i've never seen Step Brothers or the shake and bake movie whatever the the fucking nascar movie or that stupid uh basketball movie shit. that he made it's not shake and bake i've never seen it it's a uh, bobby Bobby some shit. I Bobby, don't know. Some yeah. Bobby Bob's or I don't <laughs> no, know. No, it's Shake and Bake. Shake and Bake is a Step Brothers one. And I don't know what the hell you're talking about with this Shake and Bake. That's, you know, it's what. Talada- it's Talladega Nights. I'm talking about. First off. These are two separate movies. Step Brothers and okay. Talladega Nights. Step Brothers, they okay. apparently they stay shake and bake. And people that I worked with were like, kept saying shake and bake. And like, and I was, con- I was like, the fuck are you talking about? You never seen Step Brothers? And it's total blast. No, I haven't. No, and I never will. He sucks. 
<laughs> I've never seen the Talladega. Ricky Bobby. Ricky there Bobby. you go. Ricky Bobby. Yeah. What is it? What's the thing that everybody's, uh, uh, if you ain't first, you're last or whatever. Or some yeah, shit. Like, wow, some wait, shit. Way or, to go. Nicely oh, done. Shut up. Idiots. God. You know how many people are so mad right now that we're trashing Will Ferrell? But I don't care. Oh, oh, a lot. A lot. We might lose listeners. Not that we have that many to begin <laughs> with, but fuck them. Will Ferrell sucks. Yeah. He's annoying. And I hated him on Saturday Night Live. I can't believe his career's gone this far. And it needs to end. <laughs> Somebody needs to put an end to this man. And the All madness. Right. All right. Moving on to number one. What's your number one, Noel? My number one is Home Alone. Oh, my God. I went through all Home that. Home Alone. Fuck Home Alone 2. <laughs> Home Alone the original. You're out of your damn This mind. movie is crap. You want to talk about overrated. Actually, I just watched it again a couple days ago. Because Ryan, I don't think I'd ever seen it. So I sat through this damn thing. It's so good. Macaulay Culkin has to be the worst actor on the face of the earth. I don't know how this guy, they decided, because this guy's blonde-haired and blue-eyed. This guy can't act. He acts like the Anakin. You know, the Jingle All the Way kid? No. Like Anakin in the original movies? He is so close. When he's trying to have a serious conversation with that old fuck that's like supposed to be a serial killer or whatever, and they realize that he's just an old man that misses his son, (laughs) they have to be the worst conversations I've ever heard in my life. And the antics, why the hell don't these guys just beat the shit out of this kid and move on? Because it's It's like it has to go on for two hours. (laughs) And number two, imagine if you came up to my son and went, look what you did, you little jerk. (laughs) And everybody in this house is treating this kid like complete dog shit. And the dad, Dickless Wonder, is just sitting there, go up to your room, Macaulay, or whatever it is. (laughs) Really? Everybody is, like, destroying this kid. He hadn't even done anything. He just wanted a cheese pizza. That's all he He wanted. He just wanted that cheese pizza. And then the running around the house when he's doing, like, letting loose when he realizes he's by himself. Ugh. It's just so played. I never liked it, even when I was a kid. Never. It's not just because I got old and grew up and realized how dumb it was. Didn't like it since the first time I saw it. Only movie that I like Macaulay Culkin in mm-hmm. is, and you know this. I know this. The Good Son. It's amazing. Beast. Everybody check it out. Everybody check Talk it out. Talk about underrated. That movie's incredible. Talk about underrated. Again, the Good Son. Very uh, depressing, so don't watch that. Oh, uh, it's fine. It's don't fine. watch that in quarantine. It's fine. Well, it's fine. About children dying and, and, and him <laughs> killing his brother. and I mean, come on. What are you doing? You're spoiling it. I would that watch movie's been that around for 30 I, years. I, I know. I know. <laughs> I would watch that one on Christmas. Oh, yeah. It's a very uplifting movie. But It's a, it's a gift to cho- see what son you would choose. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you don't choose your own. Yeah, yeah, you don't you? <laughs> you see evil in your own son's eyes. You're an idiot for ever suggesting that Home Alone is an overrated movie. I can watch that at any time. Him stepping on the nail or hitting it in the face with the uh, with the iron or the, or the spider, the fucking spider when he screams. Eric? <laughs> that part, that is the greatest scream of all time, I mean- by the way. I will give that. How that scream! I don't know how many takes he took on that thing. Oh my god! But that is a hell of a scream, and uh, yeah, I'm laughing just thinking. I, I want to watch it right now. Actually, Matt, stop, Matt, stop. And to say that he's the a bad iron actor. on the face, and he has the imprint. <laughs> what is this fucking Looney Tunes? It's what it's supposed to be. Like, he, like his is his head going to get flat when he gets hit with an anvil, 
and like he's just gonna wobble around with a flat body. Come on, man. The movie sucks. It doesn't. It's great. I can watch that at any time and laugh. And yeah, there's some stupid Good. parts, but it is supposed to be slapstick and kind of animated the kid's comedy. Annoying. He's annoying. Okay. Well, fine. It's great. All right. This one's highly controversial. You may turn this uh, conversation off after I say this one, but my number one is a Christmas story. Okay. We done. <laughs> we done. We're talking about overrated movies. All right. We done. I'm done with you. It's one of those movies that I sit there and- You're defending Home Alone like it is freaking the Ten Commandments. No, Home Alone's funny. And you're bringing up the Christmas story. A Christmas story, not the. This isn't the football team here. (laughs) No, Christmas story, it's not a bad movie. It's just not- I'll sit there, I'm like, eh, it's okay. I'm not going to explain what this movie's about because it's literally on for 24 hours on TV. If you haven't seen it, then I, I don't it's know. It's just one you. of those. I mean, it's a perfect example of feeling obligated to like a movie that's not that good. It just isn't. What is special about this movie? I just don't know. No, it's not. It's got a million one-liners in it. It's got nostalgia about the toys that they get. You don't have to be in growing up in that time period in order to feel it. It's just a great movie. The dad is a complete fucking asshole. How old is when he, he gets by the, the way? When, when he, I don't know, but he feels like he has... Actually, I think he just died recently, actually. I'm not positive. Don't hold me to that, but I think he did. When he gets the leg and he calls it fragile, it must be Italian. He's like, I think that's fragile on the side of the, on the, side of the box. And he takes out that fucking leg beast i mean come on that guy's a complete dick and when the dogs run through they take out the turkey then they have to go to the chinese restaurant to eat on christmas Uh, oh man uh, great great scenes come on man you want to talk about annoying kids i got enough of my own annoying kids uh ralphie's brother just screaming the entire movie like give me a fucking how do the little piggies (laughs) eat It's just that's like I feel like I do I say that to Ryan because he's a finicky eater. I'm like, dude, eat your damn food already. Uh, it's so We're relatable to make it the is. Kids it's relatable. Eat. Like, oh, these kids eat. No, it's you know what actually that kid reminds me of. of? Me. Yeah, you. Okay, I've heard that before. Yeah, absolutely. I was like, God, let this kid like eat like a fucking pig because I'm sitting here. This is how finicky he was. Okay, uh. we used to sit and eat, finish our food. We used to clear the table. This kid used to still be sitting at the dinner table, lights off. We'd be sitting in the tea watching TV, and he'd just be sitting there staring at his plate. Well, I'm sorry I didn't want to eat swordfish steak or whatever, you know, when I was like <laughs> six years old. <laughs> what? Yeah. Hey, being the older brother, you don't know how satisfying it was just to see you just sit in there and like, sitting on the couch watching TV and you're sitting at the table alone in the dark at like 8 o'clock at night. It was so good. Yeah, well, it sucked, but I was trying to prove a point. Make things that your children Uh, want to eat, mother. No, but uh, yeah, Christmas Uh, Stories, overrated. Not a bad movie, but that's why it's number one because it is severely overrated and I think it's just people feel obligated to like the movie and I'll stick to that. And that's my story. That's my Christmas story. And I'm sticking to it. That's your Christmas. <laughs> and you're sticking to it. <laughs> well, you know, hey, some movies are. That one in particular okay. isn't. 
Um, but we still watch them if they're on TV and I've got nothing else, I'll flip it on. And, you know, even if I'm on my phone while I'm watching it, you know, like texting or playing a video game on my phone and you you glance up because you know, every single scene of all these movies, regardless if you dislike them or not. I mean, I know I did how much I dislike home alone, but I can tell you the ins and outs of that movie. Fortunately or unfortunately, you know, you've laughed out loud a couple times. something on everybody chuckles at a football hitting a groin. (laughs) That's what's funny. It's the funniest slapstick humor is funny. That doesn't make it a good movie. But anyway, we digress. It's got heart at the end. It's got Christmas in it. It's it brings the Christmas spirit out. It makes you feel like you're in that time of year, you know, warm and fuzzy. So, hey, whatever it takes for people, especially this year. You're right about that. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode then. We're on all major podcast platforms. Please rate, review, and subscribe. If you like this show, please share it on social media. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, the Facebook group, and our website, BeltwaySportsBros.com. I hope that everyone enjoys the game. I hope I'm wrong about the game, and uh, hope you're right for a change. So we'll see how that goes. We'll see if the jinx ends. Uh, Don't hold your breath. We'll see you on Tuesday.